Hello and welcome to the Indie Incursion Podcast, your weekly podcast all about indie games. I am the ghost formerly known as Von Hyde, and today we're going to kind of do a special episode. And of course, I'm joined by Josh. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing pretty good. I like how you're still sticking with the, the ghost name, even in 2019, going strong. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to happen until they put out a physical edition of Hollow Knight. I'm wow. being very serious about this. I, you know what? I wouldn't have even remembered that. That's how good my memory is. <laughs> I hope eventually, like, it, it would be really cool if Team Cherry, just anybody from the Hollow Knight development team were a fan of ours, uh, which will never happen. But if they did, <laughs> if okay. they did, it would get so annoying to the point where they would eventually have to. I would love that, especially if we did that. I love Hollow Knight. Such a good game. <laughs> Yeah, me too, me too. That actually is uh, a good thing to get into right now because what we're going to be doing today is doing our uh, top 10 game of the year-ish uh, candidates. Um, this is just mine and Josh's personal choices. It doesn't reflect what uh, Parallax Media is going to do for their game of the year. It's just kind of our fun picks, what we think is our game of the year but of course we have a tiny bit of news to get into we got to talk about a shitty game on kickstarter and an interesting one (laughs) and then uh we'll get into our game of the year stuff but first what have you been playing this week josh sure so um and also just (laughs) as yeah just as a heads up for everyone who is listening um parallax will have a game of the year uh award as well as other awards for 2018 that will come out a little bit later i'm not too sure exactly when we uh set a date for that but that should be heading out so keep your eyes peeled um as far as what i've been playing i have over the break spent a ton of time on things that aren't very indie um super smash brothers i turd <laughs> can't get enough of it a lot of people bitch about that world of light mode but i actually enjoy it i i like it because for me really the only time i've ever enjoyed super smash is with a bunch of people and i'm pretty garbage at it so i like it when it's like very chaotic but the world of light mode adds like that same level of chaoticness but in short bursts and adding the spirit board mode of having you play against just various characters with certain perks like having them like my favorite one is the snorlax one to fight against snorlax you have to basically get his spirit you're fighting king k rule because there's not a snorlax character and he's just this big fat king k rule so fatter than usual and he has like 500 (laughs) hp and the whole point of it is literally just to beat him up quick enough before the timer runs out he doesn't do anything he literally just sits there you just beat the shit out of it. Yeah, and you just have to beat <laughs> it before awesome. the time runs out. Which I almost didn't Yeah, make. it seems like however much... Uh, there's like two camps on this. Either World of Light is really good or it's garbage. There's no like in-between. People like really hate it or they really like it. It's a little odd. <laughs> I mean, I get it though because like at the same time, I'm very early on into it. And one of the big things is just that it drags on forever so you know maybe next week or the week after i'll have a different opinion but for now i'm i'm enjoying it yeah i enjoy the creativity of it like how you said snorlax isn't a character so they make it king k rule and then he's just fat 
Like, yeah. I really enjoy that, and I've heard they do that with a lot of different characters. Like, Dr. Wily is uh, just Mega Man, but different versions of Mega Man that do different things. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. There's there's another one where it's like, uh, I forget what exactly the spirit was, but it's like someone in a race car, and instead it's just like a ton of squirtles using their one move where they rush across the map over and over again. Oh, very annoying, but also very That's unique awesome. and cool. <laughs> um but other than that the other one that i've been playing a lot is uh one that i just picked up it's called deep sky derelicts and the best way to describe it if you don't know is basically uh think of darkest dungeon but in space um so it's Mm. it's it's really good actually because it's it's like darkest dungeon but not as unforgiving uh there's like there's still the same rng and there's still the same like a lot of terrible things that happen to like your crew while you're going through but it's basically you um you're on these different ships and you're trying to find the mothership and you have to basically go through and explore each ship that you're coming to but you have to balance using what's known as energy your reserves so everything you do going to a different area scanning the area to see what's in the different rooms next to you fighting things uh breaking barriers everything you do costs energy so it's balancing all of that into how do i get through the area and still have enough to get back or face any enemies that come up and the cool thing that they do with actual fighting style is it's for some reason a card game in the midst of it so every weapon or every mod or every time you level up you'll have different perks that will add or remove certain cards to your deck which will be things like you know a basic attack or attacks that slow people um putting more shield to different characters or doing what's known as inspiring them to to make them have like a second attack that turn so there's there's a lot of um unique elements to it of not picking the really strong weapon because it might have terrible cards with it so you have to kind of go through and pick your build so to speak while going through this so it's a lot of elements all at once and one of the things that i will ding the game for is they don't really explain a lot um at least for a lot of the different elements throughout the game so it is kind of trial and error but other than that it it does have once you get past that initial hour or two hours it's it's very fun and i've been pretty addicted to it lately it's kind of weird that seems like a motif in games recently is that it's like everyone is so worried about like critics saying that the game just holds your hand too much and like how everyone is super annoyed with like extensive tutorials and stuff like that that it seems like games have like overcorrected, and they're like now we're just going to be so ambiguous just so ridiculously like nonsensical yeah that you, you there's no way you're just going to pick it up and know how to play like you would any like standard first person shooter or 2d platformer yeah and the game the game does a good job of explaining some things but it's like uh, very basic and then once you get into it you're still very confused like especially with the cards and what all of them do like half the time you have to actually use them in battle before you can read what those uh, like effects have so it's it's kind of annoying because you're like okay well i don't know if i want to change my weapon yet because what if this card is actually really bad? I don't know what this effect does. 
Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's also kind of a cool, like, added layer of, in a way, I'm going to just put this in air quotes, realism, because, like, let's say you pick up a gun, and, like, uh, how Prey, the game has all sorts of weird, like, sci-fi-esque guns, Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily know what the gun does until you, like, shoot it. Right. So, that's that's kind of interesting that, I mean, that would be super annoying, and I would hate that, (laughs) but that's very interesting. Yeah. And when you said it's, like, similar to Darkest Dungeon... It's like the art style is almost exactly like Darkest Dungeon. Like they both went for the comic book aesthetic. Yeah. And that's really, really cool. Yeah, I really like it because like every time you're in battle and you go to attack or like fight things or they attack you, it basically changes from you being in that position from like, you know, very similar to Darkest Dungeon of just standing there flat to basically a comic book strip showing you getting attacked by that person or you attacking them. I will say I enjoy like looking at looking at this game versus Darkest Dungeon. I I enjoy the way that it seems like combat is laid out versus Darkest Dungeon. Because uh, in Darkest Dungeon you're like in the line, and I don't know why, but that always kind of bothered me. I just didn't like the way it looked. Oh, yeah. Versus this looks like a traditional like um like turn based combat where you're in a line but vertically instead of horizontally. Always you with those small details. Right? There's always something that annoys me about video games, and it just happens to be fucking lines, I guess. <laughs> something like that. But yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've been playing. I, I think overall it's a really good, solid game, though. Nice, nice, yeah. Uh, I personally have been playing... Uh, uh, I played a, sh- a lot of Hollow Knight. Um, yeah, I I got it on the Switch a while ago. I talked about it on the podcast with my annoying like Best Buy experience, and I was finally just like, dude, I need to play this fucking game. Like I I played some Red Dead Two online for a while, which I will get into later. Um, but it just like I I it just kept coming back to Hollow Knight and really really enjoying its gameplay. Um, so that's pretty much what I played throughout the entirety of the of the break and everything that and watching like hollow knight lore videos because it's it's one of those games that's like it's not ambiguous in a gameplay perspective but it's super ambiguous and just doesn't make any like not necessarily doesn't make any sense but you the player have to go out of your way to find the story in the game similar to the souls like games and stuff like that which i really enjoy because it makes you feel like you're actually like interacting with the world versus it just like cramming exposition down your throat. Yeah. So I also like that really type nice. of games just because, uh, especially when I'm playing games, it, it depends on what mood I'm in, but like those games are perfect for when I don't want a story because it's not going to force feed me anything. I'm just going to be able to play the game that I want to play. Or if I wanted to, I could be like, all right, I'm going to find out the story. I'm going to go and like, you know, search every nook and cranny. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, if you just want kind of, I'm not going to say a chill experience, but if you just oh, want to experience oh. gameplay, because, yeah, it's definitely not chill. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass. A lot. Like, I was actually kind of surprised. I went through several areas, and I hadn't died, like, a single time. I went through two bosses, hadn't died. I was like, I feel really good about myself. And then just one, like, platforming puzzle killed me, like, five times. Mm-hmm. It's just pissing me off. Yeah, as you get further and further, it, some of those bosses get really annoying. Especially if you get to the, I don't know if you're at the part where it's like the arena, where you like just have to fight uh, endless waves. No, but I just, an NPC just like challenged me to go challenge him in the arena. Oh, okay. In, in, in the, 
yeah he he just like told me about the arena so i was like oh sweet i'll have to go do that but yeah i've heard it's a pain in the ass yeah it's <laughs> it's it's uh it takes a while <laughs> but yeah that's pretty much all i've been playing this week uh now i think it's time for us to move in to the news story that we have for this week so we just have the one news story for this week uh because this we really wanted this episode to be more about our games of the year getting to talk about the games we really enjoyed so the news story that we are going to be popping over to is over on polygon this written by Allegra Frank, uh, this is Celeste Team Cancels Skytorn, a Metroidvania years in the making. I was honestly really depressed when I saw this. Like, I mean, not really depressed. That's an exaggeration. I was just kind of sad uh, when I I saw this on Twitter. Uh, and it's a game designer Noel Berry, uh, member of the team behind 2018 Hit Celeste, has canceled one of his most anticipated projects. The Metroidvania-style game Skytorn is a it is no longer in development, Barry announced over the weekend. Uh, having worked on the game for several years, we constantly struggled with uh, what the game with what the game was. God, I just I'm so bad at reading sometimes, just most of the time, really. Uh, Barry wrote in a post on Medium. Uh, to its core, it was a procedurally generated adventure game without permadeath, but the procedural elements always clashed with the Metroidvania themes, and I didn't know how to design around that. And that he kind of brings up something there that I had never thought about being like just being a gamer who, if I'm being honest, I think all gamers kind of not not all, but definitely a large amount of gamers maybe want to make a video game someday. And me being one of them, I've never thought about having to like having this ambitious goal of a game and actually having to like, I don't know, design around my own ambitions because uh, he talks about how it, at its core, is procedurally generated. Um, but, of course, that definitely hurts the Metroidvania themes. Because a large theme for Metroidvanias is backtracking. Um, but I will say, uh, Chasm is procedurally generated Metroidvania. And it does it pretty well. But I'm assuming that Skytorn was probably on a much bigger scope. Um, or at least, I, I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I really like Chasm. Don't talk shit about guys. It's a good game. I really like it. Um, but it seems like it just kind of like broke down. They they no longer wanted to work on it. Um, and I think that's kind of just, that's okay. It's kind of a thing that like, I don't know. I feel like canceling games nowadays is is like, I don't know. It's It's not necessarily a bad thing to do, but it's definitely like, you're definitely like pushing the boundaries of what you can do because you know somebody's going to get mad at you no matter what. So you saying, hey, we just kind of couldn't get this off the ground. We didn't know what we wanted to do. Like, uh, it just wasn't working out. There's somebody that's going to be mad. Um, and yeah, I feel like it's it's hard to cancel games nowadays. Especially, like, I... I was really excited for a lot of games in 2018, 2017 that ended up getting canceled. Um, especially like I was, I was really excited about like Scalebound and stuff, and that got canceled. It, it really sucked. I wasn't a dickhead about it, but <laughs> not like others out there. That, that's just me. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of dickheads. Um, yeah, were you excited about Skytorn? Were you torn apart as ah, as ah. some might say? But um, tish. Uh, Skytorn, <laughs> I actually didn't know of. I had never heard of it before this, which I was surprised at. Um, but I'm a little upset watching the previews and some of the the content around it because I think it would have been 
really cool. The Metroidvania style is definitely my thing. Um, but I, I have the same kind of opinion as you do, especially if it wasn't working for them. I would hate for them to have to push this out and then see potentially the audience have a problem with it or there'd be problems with the game dramatically that caused this to give them such a bad name, especially after creating something as like Celeste. So one of the bad things about obviously having such a big title is that now there's so much pressure on him and anyone else who is working on this just because well that's what they expect now is you know a game of the year contender so there's a lot of pressure on yeah them. people are expecting like celeste out of yeah. uh i think the team's called like matt makes games or something yeah so basically with that you have to then think about okay what is your audience going to you know react to with this game and half of it is you know especially for someone who's putting that much time into it so if this is starting at 2012 and it's 2018 2019 technically now that's a long time for you to be pushing into a project and if you don't have you know the love or care to continue on then it's probably best put to rest it sucks especially because it's so much time and you know money wasted but if you're not happy with the end product then it's going to show in what you're creating yeah, that's that's definitely apparent with creative endeavors, especially um, because you just I, I don't know when, especially with creative stuff, you like if you don't want to do something, you tend to cut corners. Exactly. And yeah, you you make choices that you wouldn't necessarily do initially. You'd be like, OK, we just have to get this out. What can we shave off to make it like not terrible, but it just really wouldn't have come out and been like an amazing game, which yeah, like you said, would have really been a detriment to the studio, especially coming off of like Towerfall was really good. People really enjoyed it. Then you put out Celeste, which is what some might call a banger. And then <laughs> I would <laughs> you you come over to Sky Tour and then you just kind of like half ass it. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely get way more backlash than you would just being like, hey, we don't want to make this game anymore. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably for the best. It sucks, though, because it looks like it would have been a fun game, but sometimes these things happen. Yeah, that's very true. Just sometimes those things happen, and sometimes other things happen, like dysentery. Uh, yeah, you know, dysentery is like a big deal nowadays, I, I, or at least it was uh, back in like you know the 1800s um and such where oregon trail was a thing you know what i mean good um so now it's time to move over to god bless the crowd uh this is where josh goes into different crowdfunding sites he finds some games he wants to talk about that are currently being crowdfunded and uh basically i just tear them apart i just make fun of them for stupid shit it's it's really fun i like this segment it's a good one it's great for me all right let's get in it so we've got two on the dock today we've got uh the courier trail and we've got the cow game i definitely have some stuff to say about one uh the courier trail i honestly think looks really good um the only thing that i thought was really interesting about it was i i thought you can only do kickstarters for a month is that not a thing uh i i, no. I thought that was a thing i think <laughs> yeah i'm not sure exactly why they have the 50 days to go still left i think there are ways to have additional uh days for it um i'll have to look into that actual reason because i've seen that before and always been kind of confused um but i guess they just really liked the idea and they wanted to give them extra days i don't know 
Yeah, maybe that makes sense. Uh, this game has already been funded. It asked for 800 bucks, and it already has 853 uh, with 50 days left to go. So they're definitely going to be, I would assume, raking in some money if they did this well already. This is a very, like, it's got the low-poly aesthetic, which is really nice. Um, it definitely looks a lot like Oregon Trail. Um, not Oregon, like, O-R-G-A-N, but also kind of <laughs> An Oregon like Trail. Oregon Trail. Yeah. Did you ever play Oregon Trail? It was like, uh, it was like a zombie survival game, but based in, like, uh, the Oregon Trail aesthetic. So it's all about like uh, you trying to survive in a zombie apocalypse, but like you'd get dysentery and you'd be like, "This guy got shot. This guy turned." It was really weird. Oh no, I've never, I've never seen this. This looks interesting. I'll have to. I'll have to oh pick wow! It up. Yeah, you definitely will. It's it's a decent game. Um, the coolest part that I find about uh, not Oregon Trail but Courier Trail is that you can get a sweet T-shirt for only fifty bucks, guys. That's oh, yeah, that's man. that's what I'm talking about. You get some art the original soundtrack and you get a t-shirt which i'm so surprised uh nobody. there's a hundred left of these <laughs> nobody, nobody has backed it, it yeah. yet but two people have backed the hundred dollar one yeah i saw that uh, they really wanted to get their name in the credits as executive producer ap- apparently yeah because <laughs> yeah. that, that seems to be the only thing that changes <laughs> uh yep that's that's it they just want that title i guess they really believe that's in it. cool at least they're not making something in the game. That's that's. I I honestly, they definitely did the right thing. Gave a hundred bucks to get a T-shirt. I mean, they still Good have job, that guys. one dollar pledge, though. <sighs> I fucking hate that so much. Kickstarter supporter. They didn't. Oh, but here's the thing. They didn't do like our eternal gratitude. That's the thing that's really annoying. Mm. That's like, it's kind of condescending because it's just like, give me more than a fucking dollar, asshole. <laughs> like, I'm not going to give you anything more than my eternal gratitude when I can find that amount of money under my couch cushion. Come on, dude. Jeez. I don't know. But it, it looks it looks really interesting because it's, I mean, it's obviously not going to be a visually amazing game, but the way they've put it, it sounds like there's a lot to explore as far as replayability. Um they're saying thousands of possible experiences and that each event has multiple endings and then branch off of that. So it's good just because, I mean, if you're thinking realistically, if you like, you know, Oregon Trail or that style of gameplay, um, all you have to do is give five bucks for the pre-order and you get a copy of this and, uh, you know, you could have hours of fun with uh, being a, a carrier or whatever <laughs> you're doing in this game. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just realized I may or may not have said courier. You like, uh, you did, but I was... Uh, I definitely thought I did. Yeah, it's carrier, carrier. trail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it says infinite replayability. Ooh. I don't know how much that is true, but we'll see. Randomly generated. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, you could always, like, I don't know, in one you get dysentery and the other you don't. If I'm being honest, the only old-timey disease I know is dysentery. Yeah, know. you said it if you guys a, haven't noticed quite a few yet. times. <laughs> that and now I want to talk about the cow game, dude. The cow game. It's, this game uh... looks so fucking dumb. <laughs> dude, it's got $5,000 pledged, though. 
These guys are stupid. There's 20 backers, $5,000. These guys are asking for 45K, like over 45K. It's got 23 days to go. And I'm telling you right now, this is one of the dumbest games I've ever seen. Like, why do they need $45,000 to make this stupid game? Uh, I don't uh, understand. You know what's crazy? Is there's two backers who have given $1,600. Those guys need to evaluate their life choices. <laughs> like, I've I've paid for some stupid shit, but I have never given that amount of money <laughs> for, like, <laughs> a really dumb game. So for those <laughs> listening, uh, the cow game is a cross-platform arcade adventure. Sleep? Save the planet as a hero or as part of a team where the stakes are high in our amusing adventure where you call the shots. It's basically uh, kind of looks like an old Flash game where it's a side-scroller shooter. Um, and it, it I, don't, I don't know how this could possibly be difficult. Um, yeah, I, I don't get it either. It looks like a game that would exist on Neopets.com. Like, yeah. it looks that dumb. <laughs> I don't know. You shoot ink, and then you, like, eat people as the cow? It's very strange. Yeah, I don't really understand it. And it's like the whole premise of the game is that cows are being mistreated on Earth. So cows from outer space are coming to save the cows on Earth? <laughs> I, 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 it's, I, what? I do like how there's a Batman cow. Yeah, I was going to say more maybe that 45k is for the licensing to use a fucking Batman skin. I know, I can't believe that is I, obviously Batman. I can't believe they're they're asking for $45,000 for this game. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a pretty pretty big ask. I will say I love the trailer, although apparently you have other opinions on it. It's so bad. It's so bad it's good, though. I, I could totally understand that. I literally... Okay, so this trailer basically starts off with this cartoon cow, like, kind of just being appalled. And it's like, okay, so th- it's like Space Station tells it, oh, cows are, like, being mistreated on Earth. You gotta go save them and shit. And then it sees, like, pictures of farmers branding cows and, like, us using steak and drinking milk and stuff like that. And then this cow somehow makes like a call or something without asking to just this dude in an office about to eat a burger who then chucks this obviously plastic burger onto the ground and he's like i'll help you out and then he goes to call this other guy and is like he just sits there silently on the phone for i swear a good 10 seconds it's forever (laughs) and then this other guy's like in a space station and he's like Hey, could you help me get the cows to Earth? There's already fucking cows on Earth. What is happening? Per what is this fucking game? Perfection. <laughs> so I good. don't understand. It's so good. <laughs> so bad it's good. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's a. Uh, I don't think they're gonna make it. Uh, but I mean, who knows? Maybe people really want to save the cows. You know. I'm going to be honest, I, I'm a, I'm, I don't want to speak ill of this, except for when I already did, <laughs> but I truly hope, I just, 45k is just way too much to ask for how dumb of a game this is, it's like, the, the Oregon Trail asked for $800, and yeah, I understand, the art aesthetics are completely different, but I imagine more work has gone into making, uh, sorry, not Oregon Trail, Carrier Trail. I imagine more like, 
work and actual like th- thought and programming has gone into that than the amount of work that'll go into this cow game. I don't know. Because I don't understand how this could possibly take more than like $5. Not to mention the fact that like, so they have the one trailer, which seemingly they spent their whole budget on because the other two trailers have no sound. (laughs) They're just like, it's completely quiet for some reason. I don't understand why. And it's just like gameplay. And it's, it's just this fucking cow, like slowly going across the screen from left to right, eating like Russians and shit like that. (laughs) how yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a good game you should try it out jesus as and they also did the one dollar thing which is really just it's a sin if i've ever seen one hey, it's a sin they get a digital wallpaper pack yeah they do that is very nice uh i would rather be in the credits as a kickstarter supporter than getting this stupid fucking cow on anything that i own but no big deal. I'm definitely not salty about this game at all. I'm so glad I put this in the list. <laughs> it's so dumb. Uh, I can't believe it exists. I don't, I don't care about the audience. It's just to torture you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what the majority of this podcast is. Is like people getting back at me for like jabbing at them like <laughs> candy corn and shit. And always making fun of you for saying banger and crap like that. <laughs> hey man, this game's going to be a banger and you know it. Apparently, dude, it's got a Valkyrie in it who's riding on a horse, but also using a fucking, like, a swordfish as a sword. That's, yeah, that's that's some creativity for you right How there. How could you not like it? <laughs> but speaking of amazing games, I think it's about time we move into the meat of this episode, which is our Game of the Year discussions. Uh, once again, these are our opinions. Yours are obviously going to be different because you are not me. You're not a ginger boy sitting in his uh, in his kitchen. Mm, so not the last yeah, time I, I mean, you might be actually. Mm, that would that would surprise me very much. So yeah, yeah, that would surprise me too. Unless anybody from Team Cherry is listening and they're also a ginger boy. Hey, put uh, put Hollow Knight on on physical. That'd be really cool. Thanks, guys. That's true. Thanks um, so Vaughn's dying over here. Literally. I really am. Actually, I'm already dead, so he, he, well, yeah. they kind of missed the boat on that one. But I might just come back to life. Uh, but I, you know what? I actually forgot to ask you a question, and I kind of like to do that now. Oh, God. Uh, did you get anything? Weird questions. No. This isn't going to be a weird question. I thought about doing that, and I was like, no, I'm not going to do it this time. <laughs> I wanted to just ask you what you got for Christmas. Anything cool? Any Anything noteworthy you want to talk about on the podcast other than uh like a dildo of some sort uh oh how'd you know um i just i got uh thirty dollars in steam gift money which bought me that deep sky derelict so that's pretty much what i got uh as far as christmas no i don't i don't think i really got anything um what did i that's depressing i know well because it's like (laughs) it's mostly family stuff so it's just like they don't really they're just like here's a gift card go do something um because i'm too old for them to buy me a bunch of endless gifts dude and uh, did i don't know if maybe i'm just overthinking it but when i'm thinking of like how much money my parents spent on like christmas back in the day 
God, they you feel like a piece of shit, don't yeah, you? Yeah, they spent so yeah. much money. I was like thinking about it. I was like, God, they bought me so many games and like uh, like all kinds of stuff. I was like, how did they possibly have this much money? I think about when like this comes up and I'm like, oh, I gotta buy gifts for people, and I'm like, God, I'm so broke. I don't, <laughs> I can't do this, dude. Right? You buy like three gifts, let alone the shitload that your parents bought you when you were a kid, yeah. and you're just like. I don't know how this is humanly possible. This is weird. I have a I don't get and it. I have a buddy who his uh, his little brother, his his parents are like buying him a whole bunch of stuff because he's he's still the, like the little kid. He's he's like much older now, but um, but the the little kid got a whole arcade cabinet, like an old school, like it's got like centipede and like uh, asteroids and like a bunch of different like uh, it's basically like a Raspberry Pi emulator inside a big box. But it still was crazy. I was like, what? Like, how much could this have possibly cost? What are you doing? I don't know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's, yeah, it's really <laughs> cool. But I was just like, God, no, when I'm a parent, my kid is not getting that. thing. <laughs> You're like, he's going to get a $30 gift card to Steam. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. So I got some interesting stuff. Um, I'm a big like a fan of the the fan gamer website. So my girlfriend asked me what I wanted for Christmas, and I basically was just like, "Buy me the things on Fan Gamer, just everything." Just everything. So, so now you own yeah. the store. <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> it's such a cool store. I love it so much. Uh, no, I got a Hornet plush uh, from Hollow Knight to match my other Hollow Knight plush. No big deal. It's pretty cool. Um, oh. I got a print, a Hyperlight Drifter print that I really, really enjoy. Um, and I got like a Hyperlight Drifter t-shirt, a Psychonauts t-shirt, a little Hyperlight Drifter figurine, just a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, my girlfriend bought me the, the Japanese import of Hyperlight Drifter, the physical copy, mm-hmm. so I could get the other cover art, which I really wanted. So, yeah. Oh, you. Yeah. Yeah, I asked for a bunch of dumb shit for Christmas, like things I already owned, basically. Because I also asked for Flint Hook. I already have Flint Hook. <laughs> I just really wanted the physical copy from Limited Run. <laughs> well, as long as you're happy, I guess, you weirdo. Right? Yeah. I'm, it's especially weird. So, like, yesterday, uh, as of recording this, uh, yesterday I had the day off. And I, instead of sleeping in, I woke up at uh at 8 a.m to get on limited runs website or actually i woke up at like 7 45 to get on limited runs website so that i could buy the physical collector's edition of celeste and uh momodoro reverie under under the moonlight i think is what it's called i picked them both up physically on ps4 and i was like i just spent like a hundred dollars and i had to wake up early for this (laughs) was it worth it it's definitely worth it. It was really cool. I'm very excited for it. I do like the Celeste version for PS4 better than Switch. I just like the blue color better than the red with it. I think it it, it just looks better. But I would rather have Okay, so the only thing that slightly bothers me about this is when the the Celeste um the Celeste copies what I guess I'll find out when I Actually, I won't even do that since I bought the physical. Uh, so if you bought the collector's edition, you get a steel case with it. So I'm assuming that I won't get the original case. But if I do, I will have the complaint that when it was initially announced during the Kind of Funny Game Showcase, it has a different cover art than the actual game does, supposedly as advertised on Limited Run's website. It's a little weird. Hmm. I was a little bit off-put by that. I don't know. Well, that's yeah, what you get yeah. for always buying physical things. 
right? Just something wrong with me, I guess. Uh, but time to get into the meat and potatoes of this. Uh, so we are going to start off with a couple honorable mentions that we wanted to talk about, and then we will move into our uh, game of the year top tens. Um, I'm going to be honest, mine are in kind of like they're in an order, but all together, other than the like the the top three, they're just kind of like sorted throughout, with the exception of one, which I will definitely like. I'll talk about why it's in such a low position, uh, given what it is. But yeah, yeah, it's, I'm excited for this episode. I'm really excited. Oh, and then of course after that we'll talk about uh, some things we're looking forward to in 2019. Some games. I marked on the dock a lot because I basically just went on Twitter and I was like, "What games am I currently following?" Like <laughs> through development, and it's a sh- it's a, it's a lot. It's a shitload. I'm yeah. All right. I I have like. 100 followers and i'm following like 500 fucking people because i'm i just follow a shitload of games so what are your honorable mentions the games you wanted to give uh some shout outs to these of course did not make your top 10 but i'm assuming you liked them (laughs) uh a little bit yeah i would say so um so the first one i'll talk about is minute um so minute was a great game it had an awesome concept to it, but I just feel like it missed the mark on a few things, and I feel like there's some quality of life pieces that it definitely needed. The best part of Minute was it's it's basically you have a minute to live. Like, your character's always going to die at the end of a minute, and you have to constantly go through and solve puzzles to get to a next area or to get a new item that you retain uh, when you basically wake up or start your game again at the end of each minute so it's a constant progression you're you know learning different things you have to figure out how to do something really quick and it's it's an awesome concept and i haven't really ever seen it before the only problem was especially when i was playing i went a specific way where i ended up uh basically soft locking my game so that i was stuck on an island because i got there a way i shouldn't have and so for that reason, I, I was like really salty about the game because I had to restart the whole thing halfway through. <laughs> that being said, it's only like a two hour, three hour game. So it like wasn't the end of the world that I had to restart. But like still, I feel like it could have been, you know, patched where that doesn't happen. Um, but other than that, I think it's a great concept. And I hope that they do some sort of sequel for it because I think if they, you know, add a few quality of life things or new challenges, I would still end up picking it up because it, it is an interesting game. Um, the next one. So I oh, did want to bring something up before you got into your next one. So minute was, uh, I, sorry, this is kind of just a weird thing that I just remembered. I wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. minute was published by devolver digital, Yep. but who was it developed by? Uh, God, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, don't you think that's kind of weird whenever like a, like a big publisher, like, uh, when Nicholas published cave story plus mm-hmm. and, uh, like whenever devolver publishes anything, we always know who published it because devolver is like a big deal. Yeah. It just gets sweeped under the rug basically. Yeah. Yeah. You never realize who developed it. I, I just saw that the other day cause I was, uh, I forget what I was doing. Oh, I was looking at uh, Devolver Digital was like, hey, these are the games that we're excited to put out in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then I like clicked on one of them and I was like, I know for a fact they're not developing this game. And then realized I was like, I don't actually know who is. Yeah. I just know that Devolver's publishing it. 
so yeah that's that's what i wanted to bring up yeah. sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no, i was just no, like no, it's all good yeah and the the actual published minute <laughs> <laughs> the actual studio is called glam beer like v-l-a-m-b-e-e-r oh yeah they uh he also put out nuclear throne yep, yep. yeah i have like a bunch of t-shirts because i really like nuclear throne <laughs> well, yeah there you go same people um <laughs> And then the next honorable mention that I have is Book of Demons. Uh, if you don't know, if you're listening to this, I did a video review on it, gave it a 7.5. Definitely a uh, good time playing it, but it pretty much is a Diablo clone with unique aspects to it. I don't think there's enough to really you know, take that above and beyond to say that it's the top 10 of the game, uh, top 10 game of the year. Um, but I definitely had a lot of fun playing it, and I think it was a unique twist to a dungeon crawler. Um, and then the last one is actually what I was just talking about earlier is Deep Sky Derelicts. This is an honorable mention because, as I mentioned before, I'm pretty much addicted to it right now, and I think it definitely has potential. And I would like to continue playing to see if it is one of my top 10, but I just can't make that decision right now. Nice. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Uh, for my honorable mentions, I picked out a couple different games. I, I So two of them did not actually come out this year. Um, one of them, I mean, they're both like ongoing games, kind of like a games as a service. Uh, but they're just games I either got into or discovered this year that I felt needed a shout out. Um, one, because one of them people just aren't talking about enough uh, and it's really really good and the other because people shit talked it for a really long time and i want to talk about okay. it so but my first honorable mention i wanted to talk about the awesome adventures of captain spirit um which was the like small episode that attaches to life is strange 2 that they announced at e3 um it was it's a very good uh like little tidbit of a story that made me very excited for life is strange 2 and i would absolutely recommend that uh so let's say you guys want to play life is strange 2 and the second episode of life is strange 2 is coming out um at the end of january i would recommend actually playing the first episode of life is strange 2 then playing through the awesome adventures of captain spirit and then playing through the second episode when it comes out um because during the second episode is actually where captain spirit takes place um which i will be putting up an article about this when um the second episode comes out and also reviewing it as well uh for parallax but i just really enjoyed it 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 kind of like it was a palate cleanser at the time because i had been playing games like a bunch of roguelikes like uh playing like moonlighter and uh some other games and it was just kind of a nice little palette cleanser to get back in the adventure game mode before i picked up uh life is strange 2 plus it's just i don't know it's it's fun to get into the like state of mind like a kid has again which is really nice um because you you play as this young boy and he's just kind of like playing around on a day um let alone like if you actually pay attention he has kind of like a fucked up home life um and it obviously like if if you play through the whole thing and you like beat it per se um which you can easily do in an hour or like an hour and a half if you want to um it definitely gets it goes to like a darker scene um which i'm really excited for the second episode to kind of expand on but I just thought it was really fun and not enough people kind of talked about it, especially because how good Life is Strange is just as a series. Um, For the second one I wanted to talk about, 
I mean, you guys will eventually find out why I find this funny that I put it in honorable mentions. But uh, I put Assassin's Creed Odyssey in my honorable mentions because I personally do not think uh, that it was like an amazing game. Um, a lot of people like talked about it and talked it up. Uh, a bunch of different people kind of just like, ah, oh, what am I? I can't even remember the word I'm going for right now. I'm just really drawing blanks today. I should have ate like some chicken nuggets or something before I got on podcast. Ooh, oh, championing. Ball. That's the word I'm looking for. A lot of people are kind of championing this one as like basically a resurgence of the Assassin's Creed genre or not genre, but the series itself. Um, a lot of people enjoyed Origins, but it seems like Odyssey is really you know, getting in people's heads, especially with um, the woman who played, did the performance uh, for Cassandra getting nominated for an award at the Game Awards. Yeah. I don't think she won. I don't I don't think so either. But I'm... So, I mean, this is a little bit of a, a spoiler, but uh, that's eventually going to be in my <laughs> top 10. Uh, that's why I find it funny. I know. But <laughs> the, one of the things that I will say about it is, like, I I like it specifically, even though I don't think it's like it's not you know top top 10 but it's top 10 because i think it's a good game and for me specifically i have never liked an assassin's creed game and this is the first one that i was like oh this is actually fun i enjoy this so like that that's really what brought me into it i was a big fan of the series initially up until three and then three really annoyed me basically just because of the ending because i was like connor was kind of a bitch through 90% of this freaking game. And then in the end, he almost dies like a bitch. Like, he he basically, like, almost dies in this really stupid fashion. And it just annoyed me. Let alone the end of Desmond's story was stupid as well. So, yeah, I, I fell off there. Uh, Black Flag was really good. I really enjoyed Black Flag. Never played Rogue, but I also heard it was really good. Um... And just didn't really care for... I, I heard Unity ate ass. Um, I, I didn't really care about Syndicate, let alone... I, I did really want to play it um, just because I found the, like, the the two-character system really cool where you played as one of the two, let alone like it being you're saving the world not by like assassinating people, but by... like I mean, you're not necessarily saving the world. You were, like, saving Britain from the Templars uh, by basically building up, like, a crime syndicate. Mm -hmm. So that one was really cool. But, yeah, I barely played any bit of Origins. And when I got into Odyssey, I really did see what people really enjoyed about it. But I feel like it suffered a little bit uh, from me having played Red Dead Redemption 2 before it because, like... I felt like the world wasn't as necessarily pretty as Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, uh, especially, like, the foliage, just, like, trees and plants and stuff like that. It was... I don't know. I feel like not many games um, put enough time and effort into, like, trees and plants, which is is definitely just me being nitpicky. Yeah. Obviously, that's my fucking thing, is just know. being nitpicky. Um, but also the, the fact that like Red Dead 2 has those really deep horse mechanics and then in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it's just like, yeah, you have a fucking horse, dude. You just like, you can call it. It's cool. I guess (laughs) it's a horse. And I was like, all right, I can basically like ride this horse everywhere, like a thousand miles an hour. And then the, I didn't find the combat necessarily like 
especially like difficult or challenging so once i got like the ability to do a bunch of damage with my arrows i basically just like would assassinate one guy to build up my bar and then just like shoot people with these arrows that are excessively overpowered so i'd have like i had like five different bounty hunters come after me at once one time and i basically just kited them and shot them in the head with these really powerful arrows and killed them all and like three of them were like over i think five levels higher than me they were they were much stronger than me and i knew i couldn't take them out but i ended up doing it because that game is kind of broken sometimes (laughs) did you try did you try any like the the mythical beasts and fight those um i fought the boar um which uh, i thought was kind of interesting i didn't I, I didn't get, like, massively into the game. I got to the part uh, where the cultists really start to open up, which is where people felt like the game was, like, really fun. Um, but I kind of just felt it as, like, it was kind of more the same. Um, I hunted down a few different cultists, and I was like, honestly, I really liked hearing their backstories and everything, and I liked how, like, they interacted with the world. But the actual, like, gameplay and the acts of going to find them, I just found kind of like, eh, it was a thing. But yeah, fighting the boar was definitely fun. Um, I remembered seeing, like, a bunch of different articles when uh, Odyssey first came out where they were like, yeah, the first challenging fight that happened in this game was against this boar. Which, yes, it was the first challenging fight. But once again, I'll bring you back to my arrows that somehow do a shitload of damage. <laughs> like, so I basically just like parried its little like boars, its little like pigs to to gain my bar, and then just like drilled them all in the head with these excessively powerful arrows. So I don't know. I kind of broke the game for myself. I feel like I would have enjoyed the game a lot more if I just hadn't have done that. <laughs> just too good it's definitely a great game though i i like i just felt like there were so many like great games that i felt like did really special things or just were kind of like in my niche that i was like i can't put it on my top 10 but i do want to talk about it because it's pretty great Mm -hmm. um and then of course my other two uh the one that people talk a massive amount of shit about or they did at least is uh, elder scrolls online i recently got back into elder scrolls online or at least i did a while ago and got really heavy into it and really enjoyed it it's got a bunch of like really really interesting quests which i love um but of course the quests are just like fetch quests and stuff like that it's nothing yeah. too interesting um yeah ultimately it definitely falls in the trap of all mmos where it just kind of like it's grinding is not interesting it's just kind of boring and the loot game is not but i found the stories really interesting so that's why i was playing it um and then the last game i have on here that i just feel like not a lot of people are talking about is project gorgon um or gorgon however you want to say it it's an indie mmo that you can only get on steam at the moment um whereas elder scrolls online obviously on consoles um and it's all skills based so you don't have a standard level you actually get um so let's say you get a sword you actually like um you'll initially be given the uh the like sword uh skill but normally you'd have to like purchase the skill or find the skill some other way to actually level that skill up to actually use it um it's it's really cool instead of leveling yourself up you level up skills and then uh but it's also 
like an old school MMO, um, similar to like EverQuest and stuff like that, where it definitely does not hold your hand at all. Um, like I said earlier, games are definitely like overcorrecting and making games like just harder than they need to be harder than is necessary. Um, and this is definitely one of those. It's not for the faint of heart, but it's super fun. I definitely recommend people looking into it. Um, it's just, it's pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've never... uh, plus something that's really cool about it is um so like how standard quests like track this when you get quests they they track but you don't actually have any like waypoints so you actually you have to listen to what people say and take notes um and then you have to follow said notes it's really cool i just it was ambiguous to the point where i was like this is actually really interesting trying to figure shit out yeah so yeah yeah, once again, that's one of those I would have to be in the mood for a game like that. I feel like that's not something I would play oh, yeah. often. <laughs> it it would I, I I definitely understand why not like not enough people talk about it because it's just it's very weird. Yeah. It's a niche game if there ever was a niche game. But you can actually level up being a bard, which is really cool. Like you actually, uh, so you like learn how to be a bard and you learn the skill to like play the lute or different instruments. And then the more uh, like people who play with you, the greater buff you get. So you like have this entire like symphony of people and you get this awesome like XP boost. It's really cool. What I really like it. What a top 10 segue. Yeah, right, right, yeah. So uh, when you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a 4-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Yeah, let's let's move into our top ten. Um, I wanted to start off with your top ten, so uh, we'll basically just read off our like ten, and then our nine, our eight. Um, but we'll just take turns, I guess, kind of. Okay. <laughs> but I, I didn't plan this out like an excessive amount. I literally like I forgot to text you and 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 tell you that we that I wanted to do the game of the year stuff until my roommate reminded me, and I was like, oh shit, I gotta do that. <laughs> That's okay. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. But you really you're gonna you're gonna make me do it. We we just yeah you get to go. We first. set up the segue for you. <laughs> we just talked no. about a bard. <laughs> okay, whatever. I'll go into it. That's a good point. Uh, so I mean, there's got to be some bards in the game that you got. But for my uh, number ten is Wonder Song. Uh, this is a game developed by. I'm just going to say Greg Lobanov, but I don't actually know if there's like, if they have the team name. 
Um, it was published by Humble Bundle. It's it's really cool. You you play as a bard who's basically saving the world through song. We've we've talked about it before. Um, it's it's got a really weird like gameplay mechanic where everything you do is based on song, which I find really cool. And it's it's all based on like a color wheel. Depends on what pitch you actually sing. Um, and I just love the game specifically because it, it's not a game that you're gonna play for gameplay's sake. Um, or for like intense puzzles it's just kind of like I like the game's story and I like uh kind of the overall like uh what's it the, the optimism of it yeah. um which is definitely something that makes sense considering how freakishly optimistic and nice Greg was I wasn't expecting it <laughs> it was a little weird but it's a really interesting game it's really special and that's why I felt like it needed to be on my top 10 because they're like there are a lot of games that are music based, like Tetris Effect, and there's a lot of like rhythm rhythm games and stuff like that. But I felt like there there aren't enough games that are like just based on the joy of music than it being a gameplay mechanic, similar to like uh, um, Tomb of the Necro Dancer, I think is what it's yeah, called. Yeah. How it's you hopping with the beat and attacking with the beat is part of the mechanic. Um, I, I just find that this game is is like it's way more about the celebration of music and the way it makes you feel than it is about you experiencing like the world through music as a means kind of a thing. Yeah, I think that if, makes, if that sense. makes any sense. Yeah, no, it does. <laughs> yeah, because I, I really enjoyed the story. I mean, that's that's really the reason why I played it. Like the the unique little elements that they used as far as gameplay wise was nice to like continue the story along. But really after I'd got, you know, like hooked on after the first couple of chapters, it was really more just to see how the story played out. Yeah. It's a great game guys. You should play it. it So uh, what is your number 10, Josh? My number 10 is Octopath Traveler. So it's actually interesting for me because I'm not the biggest JRPG guy. Um, I don't play it very often, but um octopath came at a time when i just pretty much picked up a switch and it was coming out they had which i think more people should do that like three hour time slot of demo of basically like here play the full game you have three hours of it what a great way to suck people in because i basically was just stuck in it after those three hours and i was like oh man i need this game now I can't play it anymore. I have to have it and continue through. And it was it was very like interesting because it was old school JRPG, but a lot of the elements to it were like fixed by adding things like the uh, the limit break, where you would basically weaken people's defense by using certain attacks. Um, I thought the different story elements to it were really interesting that you had so many different characters and each one had a different path. But the reason why it's lower in the list, I think, is just because, one, as with many JRPGs, I could not finish it. I put in 50 hours, but I just could not get through the entire thing. Um, Let alone the fact that there's like eight different stories. Exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why it couldn't keep me involved for that much longer. And I also didn't like how the fact where it had those eight different stories but they didn't really come together in any way i I really wish there would have been more of a uh communication between the different parties that you have and i know that would have been a lot harder to set the variable variables for who you have at a certain time but i think that would have made that much higher on the list of a top 10 game if it had something like that that definitely makes sense because even in like the the granddaddy of all role-playing games uh dungeons and dragons when you initially start off like on a campaign um any 
any DM, let alone a good DM, they actually give you parameters. They're like, why the fuck are you here? Because you just being here does not make sense. That just nobody just gets together for no reason with some strangers. So yeah. I, I definitely understand what you're saying with like you wish there was a little bit more of like interconnectivity between them mm-hmm. or at least their stories. I haven't played Octopath Traveler, but no. it's, uh, I mean, it's pretty good. It's a uh, top 10 lower top 10 i didn't i didn't know it had like a demo or anything like that that's actually really cool that makes me want to like try it yeah go play it for three hours and then pick (laughs) it up (laughs) i actually have the physical version of it oh shit you bought it physically yeah crazy right did you put it in your mouth is it sour what what wait what (laughs) no did you never hear about that uh no that nintendo supposedly nintendo purposely added like an acidic compound to their cartridges to keep people from putting them in their mouths um Uh, but of course that immediately made people taste them that immediately make people put them in their mouths (laughs) i mean i guess i'm gonna have to try it (laughs) yeah supposedly it's like really sour it tastes like battery acid i guess i would never (laughs) have thought to put that in my mouth but i'm also not a child so (laughs) Right? Yeah, it it was supposed to, like, deter people from doing it, which is just hilarious. Yeah, immediately, like, uh, when the Nintendo Switch came out um, and Breath of the Wild came out, I worked at GameStop, and we had somebody, like, tell us about this, me and my coworker, and I was like, no fucking way. That's not a thing. Like, that's so dumb. And then my coworker, Austin, he was like, I gotta try it. And he went into the back room and licked it. He was like, yeah, no, it's so true. Oh, that, it tastes exactly like battery acid. That's pretty gross that somewhere out there has Austin's licked copy. Nah, don't worry about it, guys. It's, you'll never be able to find it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine how many Nintendo Switch cartridges have been licked. There's probably a shitload. I mean, yeah. You could probably clone, like, thousands of people from Nintendo Switch cartridges. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> Uh, so for my number nine, I've got Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom. Um, of course, like I said, uh, for my top 10, uh, a lot of these are like my niche, um, as a gamer. And this is like a 2D platformer, which I really enjoy, let alone the fact that I'm, I'm a big fan of Wonder Boy and the Dragon's Trap with the, I mean, with the caveat of I'm a fan of the remaster. I never played the original. I just... I really like the art style of these games. I think it looks really beautiful, and I love everything that they've done to them, how they, uh, small changes in what you're wearing or just your inventory in general, um, you can affect the world differently depending on that. Um, I, I love the creatures that are in the world. I think they're very pretty, and they're, they're like, really cute, um, which is, I don't know. It's, I just realized a lot of the, like, um, a lot of the games on my top 10 list, one of the main factors of the reasons that I like them so much is because of the character designs. Uh, so many of them have, like, amazing character designs, with the exception of one, which just has, like, grotesque characters that are just disgusting, and I don't know why I like them. Um, but, yeah, the I mean, character design is a big thing in games for me. I mean, and if I, you're going to be staring at it for that many hours, you might as well like what you're looking at. I guess it's very true. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, So the reason that Monster Boy is so low on my list uh, with me having like kind of a high opinion of it is specifically because I feel like like the the platforming is just it's not as tight as I'd like it to be. Um, And it kind of feels like jumping underwater 
it's very slow. Um, so like in a standard platformer like Hollow Knight, for instance, it's very quick and responsive, um, especially because that game is so brutal, whereas Monster Boy is not as brutal. But um, as a consequence of that, it seems that the platforming is just it's just not fast enough. And like I said, it's like being underwater. It's it's very slow and it feels very heavy. Um, so that's why it's so low on my list, but I really do enjoy it. I would definitely recommend people pick it up, um, especially physically, because you get some stickers. It's cool. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> so my number nine is, and we already talked about this, so I'll, I'll keep it brief, was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I think the reason why it's on here, uh, let alone, um, I mean, it's lower in the totem pole because uh, I just didn't really click as well with me. I did play a lot of it, um, but once again i've never been really into the assassin's creed just motif in general i never really picked up on it i played the first one and i thought it was really really boring because it was like the same thing over and over again it was too many fetch quests too much of going on those towers it just it got old real quick but with this one i i gave it a try again because there was a lot of hype around it and i do think that there's a lot of elements that they added in this one that really shine well for the series at least in my opinion of a game that i would want to continue playing um the reason why it's it is lower on the list is kind of similar to octopath is it was a game that i fully enjoyed but did not continue to grab me uh after about 20 hours or so in is kind of where i was like well i think i've played enough of this this is you know i i got my fill of what i wanted out of the game um so for that reason, I don't put it as high on a top 10, but during my time playing it, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, there's definitely some interesting... I, I really liked Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I will bring up, um, just for like listeners, it is possible that we have not beat these games. Um, I know there are games on my list that I have not beaten, but I've spent enough time with them to develop an opinion mm-hmm. on it. Um, so I felt like I just needed to say that, especially because I was like, Oh, yeah, just in case anybody asks, I have not beat one or two of these games. <laughs> there are a couple of them that I have not because I just go through things so quickly. But I spent, like, I would say 20 hours or more with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's a very good game. I am mm-hmm. um, i don't know. It just didn't click with me as much as, like, the other Assassin's Creed games do, which is kind of weird because the reasons that it didn't click with me are the exact reasons that it clicked with so many people. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know. This kind of Everybody's weird. got their own um, opinion. So that yeah, right? That's kind of the, the whole purpose of having these discussions. <laughs> uh, so for my number eight, I put Moonlighter on the list. Uh, this is developed by, I believe, Digital Sun Games um that's just off the top of my head it's very possible that i got that horrifically wrong um uh you're right but moonlighter well, it's digital oh, sun. no games just digital sun but close enough ah, i'll whatever. give you the point i was yeah i was basically there um they made a fantastic game the pixel art in this game is absolutely beautiful um i do have to come back to character designs they put like unique twists on characters that i had just that i really really enjoy um which actually it kind of depresses me because they put out a physical edition of this that only came out in Europe, which came with a slime plush that I really wanted, <laughs> and I can't get it because it's in Europe. It's really bother. It really bothers the me. The true struggle. Um, yeah, right. The real struggle is not being able to get things overseas. I need to get like a PO box over there or something. <laughs> I have a friend who did that, and he has people like ship it to him. But anyway, 
the character designs in this game are pretty fantastic. They put like small twists on already existing like formulas um, of character designs. So like um, there's the traditional slime that's existed in every RPG since forever. Um, and it's always kind of looked weird. It's it's either just like a normal slime or it's like a weird slime like in Dragon Quest where it's, it's like a slime with creepy eyes and shit. It just looks odd. Um, whereas in Moonlighter, it's kind of it's kind of weird. They only changed it a little bit to where it has just one massive eye. That's just like it's it makes it kind of cute in like a really weird way. Like when you find really ugly things cute for some reason. Um and they made them red, which is different. Um well, some of them are red, but I just found like that changed a lot about the slime that made me actually enjoy it, which is a little odd because um, it's just not the standard like green slime. But the standard mechanics of this game is it's it's a roguelike where you go into these different portals um, to basically gather up as much merchandise as you can and then you go back to your store, which you then sell all of that merchandise. And you use the money to, uh, you can like upgrade your store, you can do all sorts of different stuff, upgrade different stores in your town, you can kind of like build up the town, um, and you can purchase like additional like items that, uh, and you use like pieces that you find in the dungeon to craft new bits of armor and different weapons and stuff like that, um. I find it really, really fun, I just think it's kind of like a unique take on it, um, because the majority of roguelikes... I feel like I've never really got a lot out of them other than the gameplay, um, which has always been my issue with it. But with Moonlighter, it also has the added bit of like being a storefront simulator, which is really weird. And I normally wouldn't enjoy that, but it's really fun and in-depth in in this game um, to the point where like you actually have to monitor prices and how people like them and you can't flood the market with a certain thing even though it might be highly sought after because then people will either be like they just won't buy it because there's so much of them or your price uh like will go down because you flooded the market um it's really interesting it's just it's a game that i never would have thought i'd like um if you initially just if you didn't show me the art or anything like that if you just told me what the game was I probably wouldn't have liked it because it's two kinds of games that I don't like. It's simulator and it's a roguelike. Um, well, I mean, I like them. They're just not my first pick. Do um, you roguelike it? Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, people can eat my ass <laughs> if they really want to get down onto the, the tidbits on the difference between a roguelike and roguelite. <laughs> just fuck off, okay? <laughs> I like a while ago, um, we were like talking in our discord for, uh, for parallax and somebody was talking about roguelikes and I was just like, I had brought up something, um, that I was like, yeah, it seems to be, Oh, it's about dead cells. I was like, it seems to be like, uh, an odd like thing where everyone either says one or the other. Um, so it was both being called a roguelike and a roguelite. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it seems to be there's no consensus on this. And then somebody was like, yeah, if you uh, point out the different... He's like, if, you, if you're if you so... It's like pedantic to point that out. Which just means like you're trying to feel self-important by pointing out a minute detail. Which, the differences between the two, I don't think anybody fucking knows. It's stupid. Like, Well, I, actually, I don't understand the it. difference... Is, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wish. I wish you could tell me the difference between the two so people could shut the fuck up. Uh, it's so weird. I looked up a video on it, remembered it from back in the day, but, I, you know, it doesn't really 
matter to me. I'll say roguelite. Now. I feel like it's roguelite a small difference. Later. It is. <laughs> um, but that is a great segue for my number eight, which is Dead Cells. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good, good setup there, Vaughn. Um, Dead Cells is definitely a top 10. I think it's an awesome game. Uh, everyone who's in games media is talking about it and how this is for most people one of their first rogue likes where they're like oh i actually like this or i like the rng to this otherwise i hate the game this type of game i've always liked this style and i just think it's fun i love the fast pacedness to this game i don't think that's a word but um you almost got just it. that style <laughs> of quickly finding you know the rng of having different builds each time going through quickly rushing through to the next area and fighting the different bosses that are there it's a lot of fun it's very difficult but very rewarding when you do beat it um and i i definitely loved it um it's lower on the totem pole just because i think there's just way too many good games out there um and there's nothing really as far as like story or you know something that that really drives me to to like this other than just constant replayability but um i definitely had a blast with this and recommend it yeah i'm I really enjoyed Dead Cells. It'll it'll come up later. Uh, for our number sevens, my number seven is Life is Strange 2. So I felt kind of conflicted about putting this on my list because I believe it's going to be four to five episodes in this season and they only have the first episode out right now. Um, but I ultimately did it because one, I enjoyed it so much and I enjoy this series so much. Um, and two, I felt like, I, I feel like it's going in a really good direction um and i i think it's just gonna be i i really like i'm confident that it's gonna be a great game so i'm not afraid to say that i think it's gonna be a great game or that i think it is so yeah i kind of deliberated with myself for a while about uh putting this on here but just decided to um life is strange 2 uh, if you guys don't know, it's kind of like the resurgence of adventure games, but this is the sequel to Life is Strange, where you play as Max, um, and she has the ability to control time. You, like, rewind. You make different choices. It's really cool, um, and it's a really great story and love story and, like, crime story. It's it's really awesome. I'd recommend you play it. Um, Life is Strange 2 takes place in the same world, uh, but you play as a different person. Um, you are... You are a teenager who's taking care of your little brother who, without spoiling anything, is special. Um, and your life is kind of thrown off track. It's it's kind of like, it's really blown up um, because of some possibly like stupid decisions you may have made or just kind of like, it's, it's definitely, in Life is Strange 2, the first episode, and I'm assuming the rest of it, it's, it's very topical um with what's happening right now whereas like so like detroit become human um the androids are like a metaphor for like immigrants and people's hatreds of them which is just unwarranted um life is strange too it's people have like basically said that uh that the metaphor for detroit become human was very on the nose it's obviously like that in Life is Strange 2 as well, but it is because you play a minority, so it makes sense. Um, but I don't know. It, it put me in a role that I've never been in before. I'm just kind of like being who I am. I obviously have certain privileges. Um, and 
I, yeah, I'd never have to worry about some of the stuff that these two got that these two go through. So it's just really interesting, and I really love the story. Let alone the soundtrack is fantastic. Um, has a lot of songs that I really enjoy, and a lot of bands I really enjoy, like Block Party and the like. Um, I definitely recommend playing it. The second episode, like I said, is coming out later. But make sure you do play this, the first episode, and then Captain Spirit, and then play it. Because I feel like it'll just go better. It'll mesh better. Okay, guys? Jeez. So what's your number seven? My number seven is Hollow Knight. We've talked a little bit about this already um, and in many other uh, podcasts. But Team Cherry, we're waiting for that physical release. I'm fucking dead, guys. I'm dead. (laughs) I'm in the afterlife. Hollow Knight, I struggled with putting this one on here just because technically... It came out in 2017, but semantics. But it was <laughs> released 2018 on the Switch, and there was a ton of new content that was released with that. Um, Hollow Knight is just an amazing game. I technically played it back in 2017, but it's just such a good game, and I picked it back up for the DLC. And I think it's definitely even worth it just for that, for the extra like bosses and things that they add to it. Um, from a Metroidvania style, I think they do it perfectly. The constant going through different areas, looking at unique parts of the map and being like, why can't I do this? Going about an hour in, finding that unique piece and then being like, oh yeah, I got to go back. Finding that, marking that, having the different build types um, with those, uh, I forget what they, charms. yeah, the charms, that's what they're, so the, the charms that would give you those different perks and abilities and things to basically play the game the way you wanted to. I, I love having those styles in a game, especially when it comes to those where you have to go back and forth and fight all those different enemies it's a very once again tough game but very rewarding once you beat those bosses and i i love that style yeah you're it's it's obviously going to come up that i really enjoy having hollow knight but yeah i i did the exact same thing i was like i don't know if i can put this on here because it came out in 2017 on pc but then i ultimately decided to because i felt like a lot of people, their first like interaction with this game is going to be on consoles um, because there's just a lot of people who don't play PC, um, even though, of course, there are a lot of people who do. Um, but it was just like accessed by like a massive audience this year because it was put on Nintendo Switch, uh, Xbox One, and PS4. I don't know if it is on Xbox One, but if it is, you guys should play it. It's a really good game, but... Uh, for my number six, um, I've been harping on this game for like the past week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. Um, and before, because I was really anticipating its release, my number six is Chasm. Um, it's, I I really enjoyed this game. I think it's art is fantastic. Once again, character designs are fantastic. There are a bunch of enemies in it that I think are like really pretty. And they're also like they're just really cool looking. Um, there's a couple different swordsmen that I really enjoy and yeah, I, I kind of hate that I'm harping on this character design thing so much, but I just realized that that's a big thing for me. Honestly, the, during this podcast, I realized that, um, but Chasm is just really like, I don't know. It's kind of special, um, because it's both a Metroidvania and procedurally generated, which I didn't know was a hard thing to do, but apparently it is with Skytorn. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
it's it's very special. It's very pretty. Um, the reason that it's further down on my list is just because there are times when I felt like the platforming wasn't as tight as it could be, similar to Monster Boy. But this, of course, is not as slow as Monster Boy because there is that difficulty curve. Um, but it's a lot of fun. And also, there's the added issue that I have that uh, your gear does not show up on your character. <laughs> Always, I do find that bullshit. Always the little <laughs> details. Yeah, dude. There's always the annoying stuff. Uh, well, <laughs> speaking of another game where your armor does not change on your That's character. bullshit. I'm never playing that game. Never playing <laughs> My it. number six is Crosscode. <laughs> uh, I definitely recommend it. Crosscode is an amazing game. Um, we've talked about it before um, in previous podcasts, but it kind of takes the dot hack story if you've ever played that game uh and twists it on it twists it on its head a little bit i don't know why i'm having trouble saying that but um i won't say exactly how because that would be spoilers um but it's it's a very fun game it's very interesting it's you being in uh this virtual world and trying to get back your memories um and it's just such a fast paced where they do kind of like you're in an mmo but not as much so there is a little bit of the grind but it's fun grind and they make it so all of the npcs and the ai around you act as if they're other characters in an mmo and it gives you like allies that will talk to you and do things during it so it it has a very well uh concept of immersing you into the actual atmosphere of the game and making you feel like you are a part of that world um and it's got some crazy tough boss fights it's got some really intense puzzles uh that really make you think for a while um but one of the nice things is it's one of those games where like a celeste they do have a mode that came out uh, a bit after the release because people were complaining that it was way too hard which for <laughs> a good reason it was very hard um you can now do things where you turn down the difficulty of how much damage you take or slow down the puzzle speed which really helps out um, I didn't turn down the difficulty of like the enemies attacking me, but the puzzles were just crazy how fast you had to be. Cause you would like, you'd figure out what you have to do, but it, you'd have to like time your skills so quickly that I would often just be like, Oh, I can't do this. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I just can't do it. Right. So having that slowdown really helped out so that there was less rage and more just me having fun with the game. I was actually kind of surprised. Like not many people are talking about cross code. I'm just like kind of they aren't talking about playing cross code um but there are a decent amount of games that are like games industry like professionals that are bringing it up during like game of the year discussions and talking about like how it uh it just like nobody's really playing it um so it's kind of getting snubbed uh i thought that was kind of interesting because i was like josh is the first person that i've heard about cross code from and like i didn't hear anybody else say shit about it until basically like game of the year discussion came up yeah and they were just like yeah it's a really good game I'm like what the fuck are you why aren't you talking about yeah, it, it then? really flew under the radar and it's a shame too because it's a it's a really good game and it's one of the games where like you get a lot of bang for your buck it's a very it's like i think only 20 bucks and um i played about like 50 hours before i got close to the end there damn yeah so it's a, it's a uh, long game <laughs> So speaking of long games, my number five, and this is the one where I feel like I feel like it deserves this place, uh, is Red Dead Redemption 2. So 
instead of harping on how good this game is and kind of sucking its dick like most people are which sounds <laughs> is definitely a crude way to say that uh but instead of just talking about how good it is i feel like i need to justify why i would put it at number five honestly it's because like it's it's choice realism it chooses to be real when it wants to be real or at least that's the excuse that people give it um which is of course i've said that several times now but i feel like not enough people are really like hammering that in the fact that you basically massacre an entire fucking town you're the most like prolific serial killer in the history of the world and nobody says shit about it that's just like a normal thing People love to talk about the random encounters making the world feel like lived in. It doesn't necessarily feel lived in when you run into like this same few random encounters all the time. Um, like there's everyone likes to talk about there's this one random encounter where you come across a person in a bear trap and you end up saving them. And then later on, they're like, hey, I'll buy you a gun in the gunsmith or whatever. Little did you know that that reward is given to several different people. Like, everybody just somehow is like, this guy obviously looks like he kills people because he really does. That's kind of what that game is. It's like a murder simulator, but in the Wild West. it uh, They just all know you want a gun. It's really weird. But I run across people in these bear traps so often. I'm like, how many dumbasses <laughs> step in bear traps? I don't understand. Who the fuck is like setting down all these bear traps across the West that people are just stepping in? And generally, it's their own fucking bear trap. How did you not know it was there? You put it there. It's a, it's a pretty big problem back in the West. Bears. It's just too many of them. Apparently, it's not even bears. It's just bear traps. I, I would imagine there's a shortage of bears. I literally have yet to run into a fucking bear. Oh, no. I ran into a bear because it's a quest. I've literally only seen one bear in this fucking game, but I've seen like 12 people get caught in bear traps. I'm like, guys, stop with the fucking bear traps. You're obviously not good with them. Um, but of course, this is a great game. Um, I I heard this like this little tidbit on, uh, I think it's the besties, um, Polygon's the besties, where they talked about the best games of 2018. And they were talking about uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. And they said this really like apt thing where they said it's 20, it's 20 hours of a really good game and 60 hours of a really tedious game. Yeah. And I was like, that is so true. This game is often really tedious. But it also has these moments that just make you realize that this is a technical achievement. This is an amazing game um, that's really worth playing. But ultimately, there's just so much system bloat. There's just so much to it that you're like, this didn't need that. Like, you could cut off not, like, I swear, like 60% of that game and it would be game of the year. I would have no issue with it. I would be like, yeah. <laughs> number one game of the year it, it like them doing so much is what i have issues with which is a little odd let alone the online being basically just like kind of a shell but it is a beta so i understand yeah. Yeah. once again the moniker of beta gives you a lot of leeway among among players <laughs> that's why there's so many games still in beta now um, <laughs> yeah right yeah i don't know I've, I've never been a fan of rockstar games just because of their clunkiness like i like them but i can't imagine trying to play that just because of how slow paced they purposely did this for the game i i definitely don't think it would resonate with me at all uh i haven't even, it's excessively slow yeah i haven't <laughs> i haven't tried it just because i know this is not the game for me so 
Yeah, it's like, do you want to play 80 hours of a game that really could have been 20? That's good, because you're gonna. <laughs> um, but going to my number five, uh, that would be Spider-Man. So Spider-Man, um, it kind of <laughs> flew under the radar as far as like game awards go or you know game of the year contenders everyone says it's the horizon horizon. of 2018 yeah it's a shame (laughs) that it just got snubbed it's a shame too because it's a good game i mean it's it's basically i mean it's not as good but it it comes pretty darn close to what uh the arkham series did for batman this is definitely the best spider-man game and it just it the the actual um you know going through and slinging webs and flying through the city was just it felt so right and the combat of it just felt very uh, very right for the style of the game. I think it's definitely in the right spot, and I think that I'm very much looking forward to what's going to come next from the Spider-Man series, but I definitely just think that there's, once again, there's just so many good games out right now that unfortunately it's kind of mid-tier right now for me. Yeah, that definitely... I didn't even, I didn't even play Spider-Man, to be honest. Um, it... Yeah, it just didn't really appeal to me. I was, like, excited about it for a while. Um, And I feel like I really need to get into it because people are saying the sound design is amazing. Like, how the music swells Mm -hmm. as you swing. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Um, The... I do love how much people like talk about how polished the game is. They're like, it looks so great. It's so polished. And then you see like the boat people. Yeah. Um, where it's just it's so fucking bad. They're just like, it's a polygon. It's like a square. It's it, They're not even people. They're just faceless, creepy husks. They're the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're going for. Got that nightmare. Yeah, right? It's an allegory that we're all empty inside. Or it's a metaphor, not necessarily an allegory. It's a metaphor that we're all empty. Yeah, I'm sure that's what they were trying. Of course, Insomniac's just trying to subtly insult us all, naturally. Uh, I can see it. <laughs> after, after the way the fans are treating them, I can see it. Dude, right? The like Sam Raimi Spider-Man thing? Okay, I do have to talk about this real quick. Because everybody that has a podcast talks about it. I love that everybody's just like, dude, they obviously were doing this beforehand. You guys were dicks for no reason. Like, there's there's no way that they weren't going to do this. They were going to. You guys are just dicks, and then they happened to get it out right after you being dicks. That's it. You did not change anything. Should have just never released it. Been like, oh, no, you lost it. You lost your chance. We were going to do it, but now we're not. Honestly, that's what I would have done. I would have told them to fuck off. I would have been like, actually... We could have done it, but you guys were assholes. What are the next the next day show like gameplay of the the skin and just be like, you can never have this. Right? Put out a trailer for the Sam Raimi skin. And then just like coming <laughs> never. <laughs> coming, eat shit, a holes. <laughs> just fades to black. Yeah. Perfect. Uh so for my number four on my list, I have Dead Cells. Um this is a game where I was talking about where the character designs were just so grotesque that they're just like disgusting and i they're odd but i really do enjoy the pixel art in it it has very tight controls um i really enjoy its platforming it's it's definitely it's a hard game um but that's just kind of how games are nowadays they've like not only do they they make things hard because they don't teach you how to do things but they make things hard because they're just like yeah people are better at video games now just fucking play it like 
don't be a bitch about it kind of a thing um I really enjoy Dead Cells. Uh, I This is one of the games that I have not beaten because I am not good at video games. Um, and I probably won't beat it anytime soon. But I really have enjoyed like everything that I've played of it. Um, I really enjoy... Uh, now I'm trying to remember what the... Uh, they're called mutations, right? Your, your mutations where you like their perks yeah 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 Yeah, that's what i thought i i really enjoy that especially because um like roguelikes are so annoying in the way that you never get to carry anything over um but the way that like the game gets easier because you get better at it and you get better like gear and mutations and stuff like that uh plus i really do enjoy all the cinematic trailers that they put out for dead cells they're really pretty and funny and i really enjoy that um I wish the main character though looked more like he does in the cinematics than he he actually does in the game, which is kind of obviously a nitpicky thing. Um, I mean, he's kind of just like a big, just blob guy. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like a blob that inhabits like a corpse that's like an eyeball on fire. It's weird. There's, yeah. there's a lot of weird shit in this fucking game. <laughs> It's, uh, but it's a really good game yeah. you guys should definitely play it. it's a good one. it's on a lot of top 10 lists <laughs> uh so my number four is going to be celeste um i loved this game um a lot of people talk about the story and they go crazy about how deep it was i definitely didn't feel as drawn into it i loved the story but i I think I was just, I played it so late into the year that it felt very overhyped when I played it, not to downplay the story at all, because it was a good story, and it was a great game for just the platforming aspect alone. I had so much fun. The controls are so tight, and it was just such a challenging experience, but it never felt over-challenging to me. It felt like a good amount of, the, the way they spaced it out was very well thought out in each one of them had about three to four jumps that you had to make that were tough so that you would learn over time how to get there and then you would have to go to the next four so it was it never felt too overbearing in how many things you had to do at once um so i think the pacing of it was just right and i think that's why it definitely is one of my top tier games of this year and then of course there are those few sections and levels that are just gigantic pains in the ass um and then you just want to turn on assist mode you're like i'm so close to doing it <laughs> i but never I just can't i never did though <laughs> yeah i haven't either and it's killing me. <laughs> it's like it's taking my soul apart bit by bit i guess if i had one there's always that age-old saying that gingers don't have souls you know what i mean dude uh well i don't but i mean good luck with that <laughs> uh so speaking about uh just kind of like husks and hollow bits uh weird segue Uh, so my number three is hollow knight i'm i've really been talking this game up i really love this game it's it's so good it's art design is so fantastic even though its creatures are like grotesque they're grotesque in a really cute way and i really love that uh everything about this game i really really enjoy and like we talked about at the beginning of the show, it's it's kind of got something for everybody. It's got the like 
the the hardcore platforming and uh combat that some people might want those who play gameplay is key uh those people will enjoy it for those reasons and then it has like this crazy in-depth story about weird shit that people like me would enjoy um but it's super hard to pick up on honestly you have to like talk to everybody you have to check out all the totems and everything um that's honestly why i put it below uh the other two games on this list well actually my top is just it was a given yeah but that is why i put it below my number two is because it's just at times a little bit too ambiguous but i would absolutely recommend uh checking out like lore videos on hollow knight it's like it's just it's so good the the lore is so weird and kind of hard to understand at times but once it goes full circle it's just so good plus you gotta love the fact that they have free dlc it's just free you got the like five or like four or five dlc packs for free speaking gotta love it speaking of free dlc and uh platformy fighty games my top (laughs) top third game is the messenger this game is amazing uh, I had so much fun with this. I did review it um, for Parallax, and I ended up giving it a nine. Um, there's certain things that I think hold it back, just pacing-wise, um, that I feel they could have done a little bit better because the way they they basically set this game up is it's just a platformer of going through one area to the next until you hit about halfway through when it changes into a Metrovania out of nowhere. <laughs> which was awesome because in this game there was a lot of moments where I just I didn't know what was coming next. I felt like there were many twists to it, which kept me thinking like, oh, I'm at the end of the game. Oh, no, I'm not. I had like nowhere near it, which I thought was really great. But the pacing for it at the end got much slower than at the start of it. So for a lot of people, they ended up hating that portion. I, I didn't hate it, but I definitely understand where they're coming from, where it could have been a little bit cleaner. Um, but the the boss fights to it are just so much fun, and it had what I feel like is the exact element of difficulty where you would fight a boss and you would lose the first time, but it didn't take a million tries to complete it. It was just learning the pattern and understanding really what you can do uh, and what way they're going to attack you. So I just... I, I felt very connected to this game in just being able to play it and having just a real good time with it. Yeah, I really want to play the messenger, but I haven't. I know, I know. <laughs> you definitely should. Um, Once they get that physical release, dude, I'll be all over it. Uh, Give me a plush with it too. I'll be, just, I'll get balls deep in that game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll be. This would be so good. Yeah, they should. Uh, yeah, man, they should make a messenger <laughs> plush of the the little shopkeep guy. He's the best. I wish I you'll understood find, that. You'll find out. You'll find out. <laughs> you'll, you'll understand. Uh, so kind of speaking of uh, really just, I don't know. I, I forget where I was going with that. My number two is Celeste. Yeah, <laughs> I got there. Woo, amazing segue. Um, for all the reasons that you said, I really enjoyed Celeste as well. Um, I don't really want to harp on how amazing this game is uh, because everyone is. Uh, just the thing I wanted to talk about when talking about Celeste is that I do love that people are writing in uh, mental health into stories. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I find a little bit odd, um, but it's also something that I understand, is that I feel like in that vein, uh, people just aren't talking about Wondersong in that same way, which is a little weird. Um, 
Wonder Song is is really like genuine and unique. Uh, where it like it does similar things where it talks about like I don't know, kind of like uh, breaking out of your own mold, and it, it it follows similar themes, but nobody's really talking about it, which I think is a little weird. So I'm just gonna take the instead of taking the time to talk even more about Celeste, <laughs> I'm gonna tell people to play some Wonder Song if you haven't played Celeste, if you played Celeste. And you want another great game to play? Play Wonder Song, but also, it's not at all similar. <laughs> Just be, <laughs> I think, be aware of that fact. I think it's a good point, though, that there needs to be more visibility and more talk about these kind of things. And I definitely think it's coming, um, uh, especially in just more game development as we're starting to get more of a what seems like story-based games from a lot of the indie developers um, just because games are evolving more and becoming more of a polished product at the end of the day it seems like or at least more of the ones that get talked about are the ones that you know really shine Um, but it's definitely something that hits close to to me Um, so I do appreciate the story of it and it is an interesting look at it if you know you don't have any of those mental uh, mental health issues or problems that you can't quite understand how people really feel it's a good rendition of really what it's like to be in that situation the props all right then (laughs) i know there's not really like a good segue from that but props to him um so i'll try to segue uh speaking of nothing like that uh super smash is my top two uh i mean i'm so surprised you put it at number two honestly (laughs) so i kind of struggled with it because like it's also more of a recency bias thing i think in some cases because if i had more time we'll see if that number changes but for right now it's definitely my top two just because the game has so much to offer especially when you're talking about all the content that comes into it all the different spirits all the different soundtracks all the different stages having everything compact like comprised into one giant package like this is the ultimate smash i've been a fan of smash for since the start you know since the n64 i've played every single one of them and i've never been very good at it but i've always enjoyed it and i think this one is just such a good homage to everything that smash has done it's an amazing game when playing with friends when having them in that party and it's an amazing game even just single player with like the classic mode with the different world of light the different spirit boards it's very fun for me to just pick it up and play it i think it's an awesome game uh the one thing that i will say is just their online sucks but as much as people will harp on that uh, nintendo has just never been good at online i just don't expect anything from them that's very true they're online eat shit that's that's, uh that's pretty much the only way you can describe it (laughs) i i really enjoy smash um i I couldn't put it on my list just because I, like, I don't know. I just don't like fighting games that much. I feel like fighting games uh, really suffer because of the genre they're in. Like, it's it's very hard to give awards to fighting games mm-hmm. other than saying that they're the best fighting game. Yeah. Because, like, them compared to other games, it's kind of like fighting games are always doing the same things over and over again versus i mean you might play as like different characters but ultimately it's the same gameplay versus something like uh like hollow knight or dead cells or something um you might be doing the same things over and over again but 
it changes in subtle ways that makes things really interesting. So, um, but yes, yeah, uh, fighting games just really, they don't get the praise they deserve. So that's why I was saying I was surprised it was your number two. Not that it's not a good game, but that uh, I was just, I don't know, surprised to see it on so many people's uh, like top 10 list just because 90% of the time they're just like, yeah, it's a fighting game. I don't know. (laughs) But I guess it is Smash Bros. Yeah, it's just a different world. It's a it's a fighting game, but it's not at the same time. It's a time. world of life. It's a world of life. <laughs> oh, very good. All right, now it's time for our top one, which we, of course, have the same one. Yeah, I feel like when it comes to this year, and I definitely don't think this is true. I don't think that people should count out games, uh, like smaller games like Return of Oberdin, Celeste, uh, Into the Breach, Hollow Knight, stuff like that. People should not count them out and say that, like, of course they wouldn't get number ones. But God of War is just so fucking good, dude. Yeah. It's so good. Of course we both chose God of War. It's just, <laughs> you, can't, ah. you can't say no to God of War. It's just such an amazing game. And just changing that character that no one really cared about and turning him into someone who has such a depth uh, of, you know, character to him. Having the his his son throughout it, you just felt so, so drawn to keep playing and continue to see what would happen next, you know, what their relationship would be always waiting like on the edge of your seat to what they would say next, especially when you see closer into the, you know, the end of the game, when you're finding Kratos being unable to really give his son any type of actual fatherly love in a, you know, that kind of supportive way just because he he just can't do it it's not in him it's not him to do that so he has to show it in his own way uh it's it's very interesting i love the story to it and the gameplay is just amazing the actual fighting to it just feels so right yeah it feels so heavy um something that i really like about it is uh i honestly kind of lost my train of thought (laughs) i literally started on it and then i was like shit what was i gonna say (laughs) I, I I I love the game a lot. Um just like everybody else, I think that it's it's very beautiful. I love the story uh between Kratos and Atreus. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Um the reason I love God of War so much is honestly because it gives me hope for the future. Um with games like and I I said this before in an article we did uh where for Parallax where we like kind of talked about what we thought our game of the years would be later on, which surprise mine was um the same thing. I said that it gives me hope for the future of all these games that say that they're making like inanimate objects um feel like real characters because in this game i felt like the leviathan axe was a real character um it was really special and interesting and i've just never felt that way before about an inanimate object in a game um it felt like i don't know it was an it's unlike any weapon I've used in a game before. Um, and with games like Days Gone coming out where people are like, the motorcycle is a character. I'm like, I don't understand how that works, or at least I didn't. And now I have hope for those kind of games because I I kind of have that feeling now. I understand. Uh, plus, 
there's of course everybody talking about the god of war treatment what what series should get the god of war treatment where they basically take a like i'm not gonna say a shitty series god of war i actually really enjoyed um but it was definitely on the decline and it definitely had its issues um especially because kratos was a douchey rage monster he was completely unlikable he's a huge a-hole and uh and they made him into a compelling character that people could legitimately root for and enjoy. Um, and I, it makes me really hopeful for what games can later be. So, yeah, I made the joke in that article that uh, here's here's hoping that I see uh, a game about Duke, uh, Duke Nukem and his son Nuke going on uh, like a fun adventure. And I'm not even joking. If they gave the God of War treatment in air quotes to Duke Nukem, I would lose my shit. That would be hilarious. <laughs> I would really enjoy to see that. Good old little nuke. Because oh. <laughs> those games are obscene. <laughs> yeah. I guess they would call it mini nuke, not little nuke. That would make more sense. Ooh, Fallout crossover. Hey. Duke Nukem exists in the Fallout universe. Uh, you heard it here, folks. Ooh, First, spoilers. folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah all right so i think uh overall great year yeah it's a fantastic year for video games i honestly i think it's a little weird that people are saying 2018 is the best year for video games because i think every year is a great year for video games as long as it's not a year where we talk about loot boxes all year so (laughs) it's it's pretty much like top 10 years of all time if every year was I, I don't know where i was going with that yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird let's just say it's weird uh so talking about years let's look forward to 2019 and what games or what dlcs for games that we might be excited about uh what are you looking forward to in 2019 josh uh so for me i think my main ones that i definitely want to see is y2k which uh was uh featured in the kind of funny showcase um it's coming out i think you mean yik it's definitely one. Okay. <laughs> uh, the new Cuphead DLC, which is coming out later, um, just because Cuphead was amazing, and I'll play any more of that I can get. Um, Bio Mutant is that the one where you play as the Chalice? The, yeah, yeah. You get the oh, okay, Mrs. Gotcha. Cuphead. <laughs> yeah, Miss Chalice. I wasn't sure if that had already come out yet, and this was a different DLC or not. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure this is the Miss Chalice one. Um, gotcha. Okay. Biomutant, which just looks interesting. It's uh, I really don't know how to describe it other than it kind of reminds me of like a Ratchet and Clank game, um, but no Clank. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really don't know much about it. I've just seen a few trailers of it, of you being kind of this, this mutant that seems to have the ability to kind of transform himself it seems like um but at the same time you use weapons like a gun and a sword and you're jumping through the environment and it just looks very interesting uh i'm just kind of intrigued i want to see more about it later um and then definitely one of my uh old-time favorites coming back is super meat boy forever um i love the meat boy series such a good platformer game and i can't wait to see especially since they changed it up with the punching mechanic to it i want to see how that feels yeah there's actual combat in it uh, versus the original meat boy which was all just about platforming skill Mm -hmm. and being able to outrun bosses (laughs) so it'll be good yeah it's a little weird how little we know about biomutant 
I, I've like been looking forward to anything I can see from it and they put out a little bit of gameplay since I think it was originally revealed at like E3 2017 yeah. if I remember correctly but after that there's like nothing yeah and I, it's kind of weird I know it is kind of weird and I hope that they definitely up the graphics on it because what has come out looks kind of kind of dated yeah right the the cinematic trailer that was you amazing see versus the actual gameplay is like yeah it's yep this is a leak it's pretty bad <laughs> but we'll see we'll see where it goes similar to the vertical slice we got for metro exodus and then when they put out the gameplay trailer i was like no <laughs> it's so much worse it's a struggle well, what about you what's 2019 so, looking for you like i said at the top of the show i've got a lot um so i feel like i should just read them off and then it'll be easier um and then i could just talk about them individually afterwards uh because i've got like 10 so i'm very excited for a bunch of different games uh these are mostly uh i think they're all indie games yeah they are um i'm excited for farblade it's very early in development i've just been following it on twitter it looks very very good it's like a mix between hyperlight drifter which is one of my favorite games um and the legend of zelda uh it looks really cool um i'm not actually sure how to say the name of this game it's e-i-t-r i think it's either ether e-tier um but it's a weird like people say i guess i didn't actually end up doing what i said i was gonna do but whatever um <laughs> okay it's a it's a game uh following it's like a souls like game but in norse mythology it looks really cool you play as like a battle maiden um i'm very excited about it it's 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 like i think it's a 16-bit art style it looks really good and it's like an isometric view i'm very excited for it um then we got my fan uh my friend pedro i think it's blood bullets and bananas but i forgot to put down uh the (laughs) the additional bits um it looks really good it's being published by devolver digital um and it is being developed by i think it's called dead toast um it looks yes boom dude see that's what got me on the thing where it was like you don't like anything published by devolver you generally never actually know who the developer is it's a little weird um but it looks really good it's like a a 2d like shoot 'em up um where you play as a sentient banana i guess <laughs> it looks really weird but it looks so cool at the same time um it's like basically if you ever had the chance to play through a true action movie and feel as cool as possible this is that game it looks really awesome uh and then of course i'm really excited for tunic which is like a cute little fox mixed with legend of zelda it looks really awesome uh children of morta which was pushed dash to 29 pushed back to 2019 we talked about this uh on i believe not last week's episode because that was when we just uh released the interview with uh mario from the heroes ravage team which i definitely recommend checking out um but the week beforehand um then i've got omno which looks really really good it's made by studio inky fox which is basically just one guy um it's a 3d platformer where you plays this really cute little like kind of puppet guy he looks a little weird um but it looks really really cool i definitely recommend following it um then for the rest of these i'm just going to shoot through real quick i'm very excited for flynn son of crimson infinitesimals tarkus eagle island and orion um each one of these is a really interesting little indie game especially uh like tarkus is actually it's a 
I'm going to say Souls-like, but it's early development, so I don't necessarily know. Um, but it's a mobile game, actually, but a, but a 2D platformer on mobile. Um, it looks really, really cool. Um, Infinitesimals, you play as basically this really, really tiny alien who comes to Earth. And uh, it's... I actually have a write-up on it over on uh, over at Parallax. I definitely recommend checking out. Um, and then Eagle Island is actually a Metroidvania, but entirely about falconry, which is a little weird. But you get like different types of falcons, which allow you to go into different areas. Um, it's really really interesting. It's got a great two D uh, pixel art style, and it's of course like a platformer, like m- the majority of them. And then Orion is very much like a it's it's very similar to Hyperlight Drifter, um, which of course, like I said, is one of my favorite games. Uh, but you actually play as this really cutesy little like fox esque character um, with like this little hood on. It looks really cute. Um, all of these you guys can follow on Twitter. It's very easy to find them. Just kind of look up the things that I said, like their names, and you can easily follow them. I definitely recommend it because these are some great indie games, or at least great looking indie games that definitely deserve a little shout out. So. Nice. I think that pretty much uh, brings us to the end of our game of the year discussion. Yeah, this was uh, this is fun. This is a long episode, but it was good. Yeah, it was definitely a long episode considering we only had one news story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did we did kind of shit talk the cow game for quite a while though. Because his ball sack. <laughs> Do not give money to these fucking people making this stupid ass game. Whoa, whoa, a little too harsh. Well- <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Of course, you can follow me at Hyde Legion on Twitter, and you can follow Josh at the underscore George 90. Am I correct? That is correct. Yeah, dude. Boom. After 11 to 12 episodes, I've got it. Um, (laughs) You, of course, could uh, actually listen to this on a bunch of different podcast services. Uh, We've got Spotify, Google Play, and Podbean. Um... I'm still dragging my feet on getting it on iTunes and stuff because I have to make an iTunes account, and I really don't want to do that. That's um, too much work. Yeah, right. It's just uh, it's like f- two different pages where I have to fill out information. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but, of course, if you guys want to stay up to date on all your indie games news or just want to uh, hear some people talk about indie games, make sure you check us out. We post these every Friday um, on podcast services and YouTube on Parallax Media's YouTube channel. And, of course, if you want to check out some written content, um, you can always check out uh, Parallax Media. Yeah, we, we write a bunch of cool stuff. I believe it's parallaxmedia.one is the actual web address. So uh, that's about it for us today. I hope you guys have a great day. Yeah, take care, guys. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.